In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to our Sunday celebration of Mass. Over the last two Sundays we have celebrated great feasts in the life of the Church, uh, the Feast of the Pentecost of the Holy Spirit and the Feast of the Holy Trinity. And today we're invited to celebrate this Feast of Corpus Christi, in which we are reminded of the enduring and life-giving presence of the Lord himself through the mystery of the Eucharist. I ask you especially to remember in your prayers of today's Mass, Celine Gallagher, whose funeral will take place at Falcara in County Donegal today. And I ask you also to remember John McGrath, whose birthday it would have been today too. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you own are the Holy One, you own are the Lord, you own are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who in this wonderful sacrament have left us a memorial of your passion, grant us, we pray, so to revere the sacred mysteries of your body and blood that we may experience in ourselves the fruits of your redemption who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, Remember how the Lord your God led you for forty years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you and knew your inmost heart and know your inmost heart whether you would keep his commandments or not he humbled you he made you feel hunger he fed you with manna which neither you nor your fathers had known to make you understand that men and women don't live in bread alone but that they live on everything that comes from the mouth of the Lord don't forget 
the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who guided you through this vast and dreadful wilderness, a land of fiery serpents, scorpions, thirst, who in this waterless place brought you water from the hardest rock, who in this wilderness fed you with manna that your fathers had not known. The Word of the Lord. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Zion, praise your God. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with finest wheat. He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He makes his word known to Jacob, to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations, and he has not taught them his decrees. A reading from the first letter of St Paul to the Corinthians. The blessing cup that we bless is a communion with the blood of Christ, and the bread that we break is a communion with the body of Christ. The fact that there is only one loaf means that though there are many of us, we form a single body because we all have a share in this one loaf. The Word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And Jesus said to the Jews, I am the living bread which has come down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. And the Jews started arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus replied, I tell you most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I shall raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood live in me, and I live in them. As I, who am sent by the living Father, myself draw life from the Father, so whoever eats me will draw life from me. This is the bread come down from heaven. Not like the bread our ancestors ate, they are dead. But anyone who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord.
Today, as I mentioned at the beginning of Mass, we celebrate Corpus Christi Sunday, a day which we are reminded of the importance of the Holy Eucharist in our lives. These are the strangest of times. All over the world, during this three-month period, no one except the priests have been able to receive Holy Communion. Has there ever been a time like it? No one has been able to be at Mass other than to watch and participate on websites and through social media. Only perhaps in previous pandemics or in time of war or persecutions have people known that deprivation. In similar situations, weeks and months and maybe years past before it was safe to return to the Eucharist and to church in war-torn countries, in countries ravaged by plague and by pestilence. When we think of the Mass, we think that it is a normal thing to go to Holy Communion. But in actual fact, this for many centuries was simply not the case. On the whole, people were content simply to come and listen and watch. Even the language that was said in the Mass, it was a language that none of the people themselves knew or very often could follow. One of the reasons that they didn't receive Holy Communion was that in former times there was a fast which started at 12 midnight in the night before the Sunday Mass and they were asked to keep that fast eat and drink nothing in preparation for Holy Communion on the Sunday. Some didn't or weren't able to keep the fast and therefore didn't go forward to Holy Communion. It became customary for many to attend Mass and not to take Holy Communion, even for some all of their lives. Eventually the Church itself made it a rule that it was essential that at least once a year people were to take Holy Communion and to go to confession. These were called the Easter duties. Another reason that most people didn't go to Holy Communion was because in former times there was a great emphasis on personal sin and receiving Holy Communion in a state of sin was something that was regarded to be very serious. Many people therefore didn't go forward and it wasn't unusual that just a handful of people in a big packed church would go to Holy Communion, the others remained in their seats. In recent times, with the renewal of the church, initiated by the Second Vatican Council, we were encouraged to fully participate in the Mass and to receive Holy Communion. We've come to realise that there is something incomplete in not being able to receive. It's as if the, the action of the Mass is incomplete, missing its essential part, the very reason it exists for that moment, to be able to receive Holy Communion. And of course everything points towards that moment in which we receive, in which we take the bread and the cup filled with wine, and in which we fulfil the Lord's commandment to 
take and receive. Today, in a similar way, we've been reduced to watch and listen from a distance like people in former times. There seems something incomplete in merely watching and not being able to receive. Here in this room, once again, the Eucharist itself is being celebrated with none physically present. But a strange and unexpected thing has happened. Many thousands, literally thousands, gather around their uh, monitors, their laptops, their computers and their phones and are watching. They are deprived of being able to attend as others have been in times of war and in times of pandemics. They are reduced to watching from afar and to listening and they are deprived of being able to receive the grace of the Eucharist. But I can't help feeling that there is something very significant happening in the world in these days. Just as we are watching the dire situation around the world of massive amounts of people uh, falling sick and dying, countries seem sometimes unable to cope with the amount of people dying and having to have mass graves, people abandoned, hungry and homeless. There is something stirring something changing, and the winds of change are blowing and howling through the world. It seems that these are revolutionary times, for the pandemic has thrown up a world unsettled in its wake. It's like a storm at sea that throws up in its wake things that lie deep below the surface. Those riots are perhaps the signs of things to come. Deep-rooted dissatisfaction and discontentment comes to the surface. And also, as we saw yesterday, dark forces come to the surface, as witnessed by those right-wing protests in London. We can expect other things maybe to come to the surface too. The massive injustices will come to the surface, especially if people have no food, no shelter and no work. Dissatisfaction for systems that don't work for the common good. In revolutionary times, perhaps like this, things change. Sometimes the world feels as if it is turned upside down. Music changes, and art changes, and poetry changes, and fashions change. There is, in times like these, a new release of the human spirit, a new energy. People are very often afraid of times like these because things are destroyed, even statues that seemed permanent and, and immovable are thrown down. But also great things occur in these times. New discoveries in science are made new inventions, new books are written, new songs are sung, kings and rulers fall to be replaced by others. It's impossible then, in the situation that we are in and in the situation that will come, 
that there will not be change. There has been a cataclysmic change and what has happened and of course change itself will follow. Sometimes it's like a Pandora's box, the lid is opened and the woes of the world flow in. In the same way a new spirit comes into the church too in these times, for these will be new times for the church and its creativity will be stimulated as well. We shouldn't be afraid to do things differently, to see new opportunities, to re-examine ourselves and to throw off old things in order to put on things that are new. When we eventually go back to church and when we're eventually able to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, we shouldn't think of being returning to something normal, but we should be preparing, preparing ourselves for something new new ways of being church, new initiatives, new ways of serving the community to which we belong, and new ways of living out the mission entrusted to us, go out to the whole world and bring the good news. The last thing to be done, or the last thing that should be done, is to retreat to the past. Some in the church would wish us to do that, to return to a golden age, that never ever existed. Now the way is forward and the way is not back. The Eucharist is a powerful thing that shapes our life. It's collective and it's not individual. People come together even though they might not be in the same place. They become a collective, a powerful group in the world. And as they receive bread, so they're invited to carry bread into the world. The bread that feeds the hungry, literally, and the bread that human beings very often search for. We come to Mass in order to be transformed by the Eucharist. But what also we should do is believe in the transformation that comes through grace and through the celebration of the Eucharist. The world doesn't have to live in squalor or injustice, but it can be transformed. To be a Eucharistic community means to be a hopeful community that believes in change and that brings about change too. It's customary, isn't it, during this particular Sunday Corpus Christi Sunday to have the host in the monstrance and for people to come and to look. But the Eucharist itself is not just about coming and looking. To come to, to come to Mass, to believe in the Eucharist, is about believing in the transformative power of God's grace. This Corpus Christi Sunday is a feast like no other time in which we've celebrated it. We've passed through a period in which we have not been able to receive Holy Communion. Most of the Church has not been able to receive the Sacrament. We've passed through this time and for many their faith instead of being lessened 
has actually been strengthened. We'll be able to return to the Eucharist and to receive the Eucharist with new eyes and new challenges. It's a bread broken to create a new world. It's a bread broken to transform us. It's a bread broken to feed the hungry. It's bread broken to bring justice and peace to the world. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and women, and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate to the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With renewed confidence we make our prayers to our Heavenly Father for all our needs. That justice may be done for all who cry out to be fed and clothed and housed, and that the Eucharist may be celebrated as a sign of a world united. That we may seek to make a world in which all people know that they are loved. And that we may become more deeply aware of the importance of the Eucharist in our spiritual life. And for all families who have lost a relative through the virus. And for all in our land that are looking after the sick. And for children and young people trying to continue their education. And for people suffering from the trauma of illnesses of the mind. And for all who have died. Francis O'Hare and Bridget McKenna. And all that we've been asked to pray for. Heavenly Father, we ask you to listen to our prayers which we make with ever-growing confidence through Christ our Lord. Amen.
and pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant your church, O Lord, we pray, gifts of unity and peace, whose signs are to be seen in mystery in the offerings that we here present, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For at the Last Supper, with his, with his apostles, establishing for the ages to come the saving memorial of the cross, he offered himself to you as the unblemished lamb, the acceptable gift of perfect praise. Nourishing your faithful by this sacred mystery, you make them the body, you make them holy, so that the human race, bounded by one world, may be enlightened by one faith and united by one bond of charity. And so we approach this table of this wondrous sacrament, so that bathed in the sweetness of your grace, we may pass over to the heavenly realities here foreshadowed. Therefore, all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song of adoration as with all, with all of the hosts of angels and cry out with it and without end they acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Save us, Saviour of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, o Lord, your church spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember, Celine, whom you have called from this world to yourself, grant that she who was united with your Son in a death like his 
may also be one with him in his resurrection. And remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph our spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and we praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him. O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
Let us pray. May this sacrament of charity, O Lord, make us fervent with the fire of holy love, so that drawn always to your Son, we may learn to see him in our neighbour. We ask this through Christ our Lord. And we continue to ask Mary's special protection for us in these days. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us and us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Just before the final blessing, just to encourage you once again, if you can, just to volunteer for service with regard to uh, entering back into the church. Uh, and then, of course, the, the next phase after that will be uh, organising things for Holy Mass. Um, so the first stage, of course, uh, uh, in, in phase two, uh, will be that the church will be opened. Uh, but there are lots of things that go with that as well. Uh, um, you'll be able to come for a period during the day uh, if you wish uh, just to say prayers in the church it'll be open uh, and then uh, if everything goes well and, and the, the nationally uh, things are going well then we move into a third phase uh, in which we'll be able to celebrate uh, Mass again but I have to warn you that it's uh, very reduced the capacity of the church and there would be a some kind of form of booking system for you before you are able to uh, come to that particular Mass uh, that we would be celebrating. Uh, it might be two or three in the course of a Sunday or four or whatever, uh, but you'd have to book uh, for that. So I'll be able to tell you about that uh, in subsequent times. But we do need volunteers, and, and, and thanks be to God you've responded very well, but I do need a, a good body of people uh, that uh, will be able to... Uh, um, uh, be passkeepers and be able to cleanse and purify the church after each of the services because it's uh, we have to follow the regulations that uh, that's what's expected of us and so we do need a, a body of people that make themselves available so um, I do I would like the, the younger uh, people of the parish uh, those 18 and above uh, to, to volunteer for that uh, to come forward for it uh, maybe young couples as well, maybe to, to volunteer to for you to take up the responsibility for that. So if you can do that, just email me or uh, send a message through uh, Facebook. And just a, a wee bit more sensitive thing about uh, collections and so on, if you're able uh, to, to do that, that would be greatly appreciated, just to post it through the door if you've got, uh, if you can do that, uh, your gifted envelopes or even just a donation or uh, much better than that would be uh, making some kind of bank order or whatever, but just to support the parish if you can uh, through that, because obviously a uh, kind of difficult thing uh, with the parish and its finances as well. So if you're able to help with that, that would be greatly appreciated too. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. <laughs>